Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P1 Podcast with Matt and Tommy. We are here today in a meeting room. Um, so the audio might not be the best, the backdrop might be a little bit strange, and we might have to be a little bit on the quiet side when we're, when, when we're talking, but we are committed to bringing you F1 review content. And uh, yeah, we didn't do it last night because everything finished so late, and to be honest, we said, oh, we're going to go out, we're going we're gonna to party in Vegas, and the old man that was me was like, no, it's half one, I'm ready for bed, and you were you yeah. went to bed very soon after as well. By the time we walked back, I was so tired that, yeah, pretty much called in, but it's been a very incredible week. Obviously, we started our, our road trip with, with Red Bull Racing on that Grand Toro thing. And I'm wearing the Grand Toro t-shirt right now, Lovely stuff. repping it. It's a uh, lovely t-shirt. It feels about three months ago we started that road trip, uh, so that's why I'm very tired, but... Um, yeah, what, what an experience it's been. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, we started in Pebble Beach about, what, eight days ago in in, yeah. in, in, in California, and then we, we, we went on this incredible road trip with uh, with, with PokerStars and, uh, and Oracle Red Bull Racing, the Grand Toro, and uh, we ended up in Vegas on Wednesday evening, and then we were able to enjoy what was quite possibly the best race of the season. So we've had a rather lovely week. I hope you've enjoyed all of the social media stuff we've been putting out as well because uh, we've loved uh, sharing our journey uh, with you. Right, before we get into the usual chatter, and of course the Las Vegas Grand Prix, uh, as you might be aware, we do the five-star review thing and um, we did a meet-up uh, at our hotel yesterday and uh, a lovely uh, listener gave us a five-star review physical uh, so we've taken a picture of it, and we're going to read that out right now. Five-star review from Amy and Andrew uh, from in Adelaide, Australia. Matt and Tommy, you guys are amazing. We were so excited to meet you in person in Vegas. As negatively new fans, relatively new fans, okay, the, the, the handwriting's a little bit difficult. As relatively new fans to the sport, we have found your content to be super engaging whilst informative, and your podcast has really shown grown our love for the sport. Matt, as a fellow Charles Leclerc fan, I feel like I see myself in all your reactions uh, to the highs and lows, mainly lows, uh, of being an all-in Ferrari fan. The pain is real. Tommy, we love your injection of sass here and there, and especially your use of phrases like having a mare and washed, uh, which we have now incorporated into Australian lingo. Keep up the good work boys thank you so much thank you, what an guys. amazing sorry i couldn't really read um but there we go we got the review out of the way right big question straight out the bat tommy did las vegas deliver yes it did i mean in terms of a good race it is almost um completely like to a t what we said in our podcast uh, when we were sort of doing an everything you need to know about the race 
because a lot of people are roasting the track, being like, oh, it looks like Spider Pig, like, it looks really boring. And What's wrong course, with Spider Pig? I'd love to know. I know. And, you know, it's not the greatest driver's track. I think Max Verstappen has made that very clear uh, this weekend. But we said, didn't we, that if we get a Baku, it was suddenly everyone will love it. And we got a Baku, basically. We did. Um, I think I said it was it's kind of like a simplified Baku in a lot of yeah. ways. Like There are a few fiddly sections, but realistically, a lot of it is flat out. I think it's like 70% full throttle, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. And it, Yeah, okay, it's not a driver's track. It's not a spa. It's not a Silverstone. You don't go, cool, look at that corner. Mm. But it's almost, because of the fact they're forced into quite a simple layout with the fact that they're doing it around Vegas, it's sort of promoted really good racing and kept the cars close as well it kept the cars close it was low grip uh, the, the temperatures were lower which actually perhaps helped some drivers ferrari being uh, one team um but yeah it, it was that simple kind of they couldn't break out of drs we saw that in the front battle and we, we haven't seen that this year you know no. for example perez taking the lead you're like well that's it you know charles gonna overheat his tires and ferrari's done Next thing you know, he's in the slipstream and he gains half a second. Even when he didn't have DRS, he'd just get a distant toe from 1.2, 1.3 seconds. And next thing you know, it's eight, seven, eight tenths. And then he's taking the lead. And we had so many changes of position for the lead, let alone everywhere else as well. Um, So I don't think anyone can argue that Vegas didn't deliver. Because as much as there was a lot of people online that wanted it to fail, which I don't get. I don't get it. I've said it before on the podcast and I'll say it again. I don't understand for those that really want it to fail because it's here. They've signed the deal. It's a 10-year deal. deal. We're Formula One fans. We want to make it work. There are tweaks that I think need to be made. There are improvements and we'll get on to that. But to want it to fail, and if anyone says anything negative about the race itself... I, I don't know where they're really getting that criticism from. No, I, I put that I, I personally, may, and maybe this was the hype of being there, but for me, uh, may well have been the best race of the season. I think it's a toss-up between that and Singapore. Um, Singapore, you had the, obviously, battle for the lead again, but maybe it felt a bit more like it was just Carl. Like, even though it was incredibly thrilling, it was more like Carlos just like defending, and it was like it was like was, a Monza when Ricardo won and Gasly won. Yeah, it was yeah. a it was so that tough, tense yeah. kind of kind of race. But this one was like action packed, uh, and I loved like the the constant changing of the lead and things like that, which we'll get into later. Question from CFC Craig: Do you think people have changed their minds on Las Vegas? Yes, <laughs> I, I think. The majority will have. Uh, we, we said this. We we said Vegas needs to be a banger after the chaos that we saw on Thursday or Friday, if you're watching in Europe, where we, you know we were all kicking off quite rightly. You know that part is still a criticism with how they handled it and this, that, and the other, and how they treated the fans. But if we're talking about the racing, it's a different story. So changing their minds on Las Vegas as a whole, maybe not, because there's plenty of things that. People don't like, don't like the yeah. cringy nature of how they do things, even though that clip of Sergio Perez getting shouted at by the announcer is one of the funniest things I've ever <laughs> seen. The way he looks around it's and the, then he's like, what am I camera. supposed to be doing? Like he, was, he felt so awkward and this guy just like properly brute force shouted at him. Down the line. It, was, it was quite funny. For me, like I don't mind the sort of weird way in which they... Do their thing, their cult- like they're, like, they're embracing yeah. their culture. You know, if they they do things very very over the top, um, 
I, I wouldn't want it every week, no. but it is like, a, oh, it's the US Grand Prix. Now, <laughs> we have three at the moment. We might have 15 in 10 years' time. That might be a bit too much, but for me, it's different. Like, you're putting Perez in a different kind of situation there, and, you know, it created quite, quite a bit of funny content. But um, overall, to answer the question, I think on the racing side, people will now look forward to Las Vegas. Yes, uh, and we looking at just the questions that you guys gave us for this podcast, it very much seemed like it was kind of like, you saw some that was like, should Vegas be the finale? Should we get rid of Miami now? Because Vegas is great. And it just shows that like, yeah, one banging race and everyone's like, yeah, let's keep Vegas then. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Isaac underscore M. What do you think was the greatest factor in what made the race so exciting? Was it the abnormal track temperature or something else like the layout? Now, I think we've kind of touched upon that. For me, I believe it is literally just the fact that even though it's the second longest um, track on the calendar, it didn't really feel that way. It felt like... You know, you had those sort of tight, awkward sections uh, in the first part of the lap, but then you're almost immediately back on a straight, and they're kind of bunched up together again with the with the use of slipstream. Um, I think it definitely helped with the low track temperature for us to have like a a close battle between Ferrari and Red Bull. Without that low track temperature, Red Bull would have been on their own. Verstappen probably would have dominated, and we'd be talking very differently about Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, so that in itself, I think. Having that competitiveness is something that us F1 fans are latching onto and going, well, Vegas is the greatest thing that's ever <laughs> been created now because of the fact we had a close race. I'm, you know, I'm not sold on the track. We've had people like Verstappen. In terms of the actual, you look at it and you go, it's, it's not over. It's, it does, you don't look at it and go, wow, oh my goodness me, I'm really looking forward to that. It's the racing that it produces, which is the thing we all, all, are all here for. It doesn't yeah. matter really how it looks in some ways, like yeah, I don't think you're probably like, sold by it either. But. No, like we we um, that I've not, yeah, drove it on like the F1 game and stuff because it's on that, uh, and had a go when we were in uh, the the Red Bull Hospitality. They had it on the Sims there, and um, yeah, driving it, I was like, I can see where the drivers don't like this. It's it's essentially a lot of like, I guess straights are boring for Formula One drivers, and then when there are corners, they're a bit clumsy, but that's what made it so good for for the racing and I think the fact that and I will I think this is further proof that Formula One needs to mix it up on circuits because everyone roasted Vegas for having a quite unique and weird layout but it just shows that give something a bit different and you get a different result being Max wasn't 40 seconds ahead he was two seconds ahead but still like we literally saw a battle between three cars for the lead, swapping positions, no one could break away, even when Max got past at the start, which we'll get into later, couldn't get away. And I think that's just the nature of like the slipstreaming, the DRS. Um, there weren't any like silly corners where like you immediately like someone can get away and that's what I think made it so good. Yeah, it was interesting because Hamilton coming into this weekend was saying it's going to be very similar to Monza in the sense of, you know, very difficult to overtake. You can't really actually gain too much speed over your opponent ahead because they've got no downforce on the car. But I don't think it was actually anywhere near as bad as what Hamilton was predicting after practice. the straight is so long. The straight is so long and the slipstream effect felt stronger than what you would see in Monza. Like we we saw in Monza... Cars were able, like Albon and you know Williams were able to stay ahead of cars without DRS or anything like that. Whereas they were, well, I mean, we saw Williams; they fell away. It, it, it definitely provided a different um, set of racing that, that perhaps we we thought with uh, with how little downforce they were running. But um, overall, I think 
there was a lot of factors. I don't think you can just say one thing. Um, the tyres obviously were, were were reacting slightly differently to to perhaps what what we thought. I don't think any of us thought we'd see the hard tyres, for example. No. Um, but you know that worked really well for Red Bull, for example. Ferrari, I'm not surprised they whack on hard tyres and things just don't go to plan. Um, but yes, uh, plenty of plenty of factors. Right, let's go to my most memorable moment then, shall we? And it was the fact we had a battle for the lead. What else is it going to be? How exciting. <laughs> and of course, about, you know, more, more specifically, Charles Leclerc was in the battling mix. for the lead. And I actually had hope and belief. But now I realise that you, know, you have your delusion levels and then you have actual belief. Mm. And when it then doesn't happen as well, it hurts twice as much. Uh, a question from Opinionated SF19. Checo got dive-bombed by Charles twice at turn 14. Was it the layout of the track in that area that made it difficult to cover those moves? Especially on the last lap, it was obvious Charles would try a move. Now, of course, this is the last lap. This was, um, well, as he said, twice, but most importantly was the final lap. Um, what a move. I am still, still thinking about it. Um, as I tweeted, if that had been for the win, I would have literally disintegrated. Yeah. Um, but I nearly did anyway. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, that was the most challenging thing of the ho- of, of my whole Formula One career is trying to maintain like some kind of. I respect that I'm in the Red Bull hospitality, but I'm literally just going. Come Watching on! Charles Leclerc race both Red Bulls for the yeah. in the Red Bull hospitality, you couldn't make it up. Really, I didn't did hold it back much, but thankfully they didn't throw me out. So thank you, Red Bull, for that. Um, but yeah, I. The first time, I can understand Checo getting overtaken in that corner. The second time, I can't. If I'm going to put Max Verstappen in that situation, I would bet on him 99 times out of 100 that he would not get overtaken by Charles Leclerc and lose that position over the line. No. You know, Perez didn't even faint a little... Because that's what a lot of drivers do, right? They faint a little bit of a defence and then move back over to the racing line. Checo just was like, focusing on the braking zone, fine, whatever... But Charles just yeah. absolutely sent it into there and managed to slow it down. And then you have a sl- obviously you have a shorter run. If it's, in a, if it's in a normal race before the last lap, you're obviously thinking, right, can he get me back into the next corner? Can he get back into turn one? Whatever. For this, it's literally just a, a shootout to the line. Uh, yeah. And there's not, that m- not as much of an opportunity to get back. So for me, you know, Checo's left the door open. He's, he's lost to Alonso as well um, previously. So I think on one hand, I can't, say too much bad about Checo's drive because I think it actually was really good and yeah, I'm really, definitely. really happy for him. Um, but I think he will be kicking himself slightly that, uh, that he gave away that, that Rebel 1-2 right at the end. Yeah, exactly. Maybe part of him was thinking that the last thing I need here is to maybe cover him off, collide, and, you know, he's, he's on a better run of form now, just bagging a podium, which we've not seen in what feels like a very long time for Checo. Um, so for him to be racing at the front again, maybe he was just more content on just settling and bagging some points. I think he got just completely like caught unaware that Charles was going to go for that move. Because I think I think it was more that it was a brilliant move from Charles than it was a yeah. bad defence from Checo um, like, on this question. Um, and I think Checo was also unfortunate. <laughs> he was actually unfortunate in a weird way because um, he obviously got very fortunate... Uh, with the safety car timing, which put him into the lead. But he had a different setup to Max where he was running a lot more wing. And I wonder how much 
when he got into the lead, he was like, I wish I had Max's wing now because he was a bit of a sitting duck sometimes. Like we saw how easily Max breezed past Checo. Obviously, Checo is never going to put in a very extreme defence or anything like that. But um, yeah, it was... Uh, and, and something I literally just remembered uh, happening was Max actually dropping back uh, to sort of try and give him a bit of a slipstream. He didn't go enough that he gave him the DRS or something like that, but it was actually quite surprising for Max to basically give it a go. He kind of, he didn't go completely out of his way to, to help him, well, but he still made, you know, said, I'll, I'll give it my best shot. Yeah, well, the team, the team requested him to stay two and a half seconds ahead of Perez to give him a slight distant toe. I think he dropped to about 1.7, 1.8, so he actually did more than what the team asked mm. him to do. But the problem was, um, Charles then took that position into the final corner and then it was actually Max that was towing Charles along yeah, towards the to, line. Towards <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. so it didn't work out uh, the way that perhaps uh, they were hoping, but it was great to see Max do that, you know, to, to, to play the team game. Um, and Checo's first stint as well got him very much in the in the mix for that. Of course, you know, it's a, it's a street track. You can expect a safety car. And, you know, Checo was in the lead by, I think, 14 seconds or something at mm. one point. And, of course, having that safety car brought him right into play. Vettel Laporte now comes into the question, do we reckon Charles Nab's a fairly comfortable win if it wasn't for the safety car? We know the answer, sorry Matt, in brackets. I don't think it's a comfortable win by any stretch of the imagination. Um, the Ferrari was not quick on the hard tyres. That's what I noticed almost immediately when Charles came out the pits with fresh hard tyres and was ahead of signs and the gap wasn't extending. I was like... Okay, those new hards are not switching on like uh, I was maybe hoping. Uh, and even with Max getting stuck behind Zhou Guan Yu for a little while and he was in traffic, the gap was still coming down to, to Charles, uh, who was in the net lead at the time. Um, so no, I, I don't think it's a fairly comfortable win. I think that he has a much better chance of winning the race, for sure. Uh, and I think it goes down maybe into the last lap and they, they're fighting because he'll have those fresher tyres um, instead, he, you know, he, he was on five lap old hard tyres when the safety car came out. Perez and Verstappen pit for brand new tyres. Charles stays out because he's kind of they're kind of forced into that in some ways. So I'm not even going to be harsh with Ferrari here because it's such an awkward time for the safety car to be brought out where the tyres aren't old, but they're not brand new. But if he pit, Perez would then have the lead. So I can see, and I'm not even going <clears> to <throat> not even going to roast Ferrari at all for why they kept him out because I think it might if. You know, as a fan, I would have probably said the same thing that he had to stay out. Yeah, he did. Um, it was it was crazy how much he was chopping and changing between, you know, what looked like at the start going, and we'll get into this the the controversy of turn one, Verstappen getting into the lead, and it's like, well, surely he's just going to go off now. Then for it to kind of change again, where Charles came back, uh, Max ended up actually behind Russell, which was a surprise in the in the stops. But I guess he had that penalty, didn't he? Um, and then, then it was like, oh, Checo's leading. Um, surely he's got this in the bag. And and Charles was there. Like the safety car obviously didn't help him, uh, and it helped the Red Bulls. Um, but he, they weren't. The way Max caught him on that hard tire uh, showed that I don't think it was just uh, like this person said, like a a comfortable win at all by any stretch. I don't think it would have been. Um, and maybe, yeah, in an alternate universe where there's no safety car, we see Max chasing 
um, Charles for the win on like the final laps, like you say, which would have been uh, quite something. <laughs> I think I would have discombobulated. I, yes, yeah. <laughs> and also, I think we, we did literally have that moment, didn't we, where, um, well, this is how much we love our, our job and doing the, the content with you guys, because we were there at the Grand Prix, absolutely loving it, of course, but there was like that bit in my head that was going... This is the only race we've not done Twitch this year, and it's Charles Leclerc and Max Verstappen battling for the win. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was gutted as well. Uh, I genuinely wished we could have split ourselves and been able to be on Twitch and also at the race, at the race. because yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I was like, of all the times we are not going to be live on Twitch, Charles Leclerc just overtook Max Verstappen for the lead of the race. I was like, are you joking? Because, yeah. of course, you know, I was there and I was gloating at you at the time a little bit and I was like, oh, come on, here we go. But I wanted to do it in front of thousands of people as well. Because <laughs> you wanted some uh, non-Ferrari pain for once. Yeah. Uh, people could see your joy. And Ferrari turns out joy. you would have just seen my pain anyway. So yeah. uh, maybe it was for the best. Um, but, yeah, we, we did miss you over on Twitch if you do usually tune in because uh, it's something we love doing. 
people could push the limits and go, oh, well, I'll just straight line turn one and take a 10 second penalty, but you're not stuck between, behind like 10 cars for the first 20 laps. Yeah, well, there's a question from Vimesy74. What will it take to stop Verstappen running people off the road? A five-second penalty obviously doesn't work. Drive-through penalty, disqualification. What I will say is that Verstappen's not the first nor the last person to have caused this debate. We've seen no. it in the past. Five-second penalties are just what is handed out for sort of small incidents, whether it's forcing someone off a track or... I mean, literally yeeting someone off can also be a five-second penalty yeah. uh, at times. Um you know, that's a whole debate of whether the penalty system is harsh enough, um, depending on that. And of course, it's at the stewards' um, sort of discretion as to what they decide to hand out, whether it's a five, ten, drive-through, stop-go, isn't it? I think that's yeah, the four. Um, but it's never usually any higher than five. And yes, it would, be, it would, it would have been the talking point. Um, but as you say, Max Verstappen will literally do what is in the rules. But... You know, at that point, do you then get what would be a fair penalty for because you can't take into account the fact he has a faster car ahead again against a slightly slower car. You can't take into account any of that. Sort I think of thing they have he, to say give it back. Like that's what they do in IndyCar. Yeah, it's just like you swap the position because then it, or you're it, disqualified. Yeah, well, yeah, then you because mm. you're li- you're literally giving it back. Like you've that's overtaken him illegally. Just give it back. Like that. That is just the simplest way of doing it. Because then, you, you know, that's actually very fair. It's the easiest solution in the world because they can do that. Like they've done it, was, it before. They've done know, it before. Michael Massey was, you know, really, really sort of um, <laughs> really forced the measure on that one, didn't he? But I, I completely agree, actually. Yeah, because I was thinking more of like a what penalty could you hand out? No, you don't even need to you give a penalty. Just get on the radio. That's that's what I feel like they used to do. Like. Charlie Whiting or whatever, like back back in in those days, literally just get on the radio, say, give the position back, you won't get a penalty. Done, sorted. Yeah, it's yeah, the easiest way. And and it's and I guess the teams shouldn't have an option of like, ah, well, if I don't give the penalty, uh, if we don't give the position back, what are we going to get as a penalty? Because yeah, because then you're weighing up. It's like, oh, this oh, is, is better for me to do this. Is it a drive-through? Yeah, because yeah, then that gave that gave Max and Red Bull the option which is literally what was happening over the radio, you could hear it basically saying like, do you want to give him the place back or take a five second penalty and keep the lead? Yeah. And he was already two seconds ahead at that point, so in his head the he was team probably knew thinking well. like... They literally said, yeah. oh, you're, you're two seconds ahead, so just keep pushing. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I completely agree. So just for those specific, for, like for overtakes, if it's illegal, then they should give just the give position it, back. Yeah. But obviously when it comes to yeets, for example, that's yeah. very different. Yeah, you that's can't give di- the position back. Um, but yeah, let's talk a little bit about Verstappen anyway, doing that move into turn one. Um, your initial reaction was, oh, I think he's fine. And I, and I, I, I wanted to knock you out. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, you, you, we saw the replays the a few replays more times and you went, well, actually, you know, where's Charles going to go at this stage? He's trying to avoid contact. But Max doing what Max does and Max will never change this. And no. I love how we kind of speak about his patience and the way in which he goes about his racecraft, there is nothing that will stop him from trying to pull a move to the absolute millimetre of within the rules, um, because that's just the way he does. He always just bleeds off the brakes, even though in this in this occasion he brakes quite late and then loses the car slightly. But he, you know exactly what he's trying to do, which is force Charles out of the corner so that he can have the inside line. Yeah, exactly. It's a move you practiced on Ocon as well in, in qualifying. So. <laughs> yeah, actually, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, so it's just max things, isn't it? And of course, like that's what makes him such a divisive character in, in F1 because 
he provides the entertainment, he provides the controversy, uh, and uh, his his driving, whether you, you know, love it or, or hate it, like, he he does what Michael Schumacher did, and he's basically like, until you make this illegal, I am doing it. Mm. You know, it's like, um, remember, you know, the, Michael Schumacher doing the starts where he used to just literally just turn like that and, and block people, and then... And then they do it. And that's exactly the same as what happened with Max with, you know, doing this on the safety car where you're like pulling alongside. They're so similar in the fact that they were basically like, keep doing stuff until the FAA go. Like, how many rules since Max Verstappen has been in Formula One have been put in because Max Verstappen does it? And then until it's, and they can't penalise him until it's in the rule book that it's illegal. And he will just do it. And then he'll find something else. And some people would argue that that makes a great driver because not only are you doing what you can on the track, but you're also not caring about what people think about you and what is fair in the, you know... Yeah, 100%. That is in the so unwritten good. rules, he doesn't care. He just cares about the written ones. So, yeah. Yeah, and that's what gives him slight advantages at times. Let's move now to George Russell. Musto Hady 57067 asks, Was George's penalty a little too harsh? I mean, there's no more lenient of a penalty you can get than a five-second penalty when it comes to George Russell. But no, I think he was absolutely deserving of that penalty because Max was alongside. Um, George himself said that he did not see him and therefore turned in. Um, He was surprised by that move into that corner because he said he would have just got him straight back. Um, But it's an audacious move. That's what we want to see in Formula 1, right? Uh, Max was there. He deserved the space. George just turns in. Max was incredibly lucky to come out of that pretty much unscathed, although we saw a massive chunk of Red Bull on the floor. Apparently that did not affect anything to do with his pace, but I guess it helped in a lot of ways that it was a very low downforce track anyway, and so probably didn't feel too much different uh, in the car. But for me, I think George still did deserve that that five-second penalty because of just the, yeah, the, the, the sheer not thinking he was there and turning into the corner. And it could have been a lot worse. Mm. Maybe it's the, the boomer in me talking that, that's kind of, always one thing I I love in Formula One is when people make a move in a different corner you know like Ocon as well yeah Ocon that that move was amazing I think back to Fernando Alonso at Bahrain on Hamilton you know could have easily waited it could have easily just waited for the DRS there at the next corner and how much more exciting is it when you go for that move and part of me thinks the fact that George Russell just basically said like he just turned in because you don't overtake there makes me think that maybe there's a new mentality in Formula One that's like, well, everyone just overtakes in the DRS, so that's when I have to be vigilant because yeah. someone might pass. So, yeah, it is George's fault that he he's basically, like, just unaware that that, that had happened, basically. So, um, thankfully uh, for uh, Max, it, it didn't uh, damage his car too much because um, he's already had one hole in this side pod for, <laughs> from contact with with George and there was a lot of debris and that's what of, of course caused the safety car as well so yes so actually uh, Max Verstappen caused himself to win inadvertently by bringing out the safety car and uh, controversial screwing Charles Leclerc over that is a controversy right there I'm getting my tinfoil only, hat only on. uh, Max Verstappen could uh, do the crash to bring out a safety car to help yourself to win <laughs> yeah. the race. Yeah, it's not, not your teammate. teammate yeah. 
Love that, love that. Uh, next question, GHR112 underscore. Were you surprised with the pace of the Alpines? Yes. I think they had the best setup for them to be P4, P5 during the race. Well, Tommy, who did you go for biggest flop again? Yes, it was literally the universe just trolling me. Uh, Every time you go against Alpine, I swear. Every time I go, like... just pick a biggest flop, they just yeah. become the goats. And can you can you just flop Charles Leclerc for once in your life? Alpine should not have been good at that track. They were no. awful at Monza. Huge stray, and then you know Gasly's fighting at the front. He was very unlucky at the end. I think some people were saying he had a battery problem as well, and the hard tyres weren't working. How on earth Ocon finished fourth is an actual miracle. I, d I don't yeah. understand how it happened. I think he I mean, just avoided start, all the chaos. His start, he was up to like seventh or eighth, wasn't he, yeah, by, the, exactly. by the first couple I of laps. He started like, 16th. Wait, there's two Alpines at the front. How's, like, I'm sure Ocon was, was near the back and yeah, it's like insane. Like, what a, yeah, what, it could, could have been a lot more for Alpine. Uh, Gasly was extremely unlucky with the strategy um, and how it worked out for him because he was He very, was right there. He was very good. Like, he was, he was driving at the front, sticking with the front runners. He was brilliant. And uh, yeah, I feel really sorry for him that he didn't end up, didn't end up getting a point, did he? No, he no, didn't. No, no, he didn't get a point, um, which is savage because you, you were, I mean, I was watching that thinking, okay, as he could get a podium here quite easily. Yeah. And to not actually finish in the points just feels like something very drastic went mm -hmm. wrong. As you mentioned, battery issues and, and strategy not, not working his in his favour, but how just catastrophic, that's the word, uh, of, a, of an ending for the race for, for Gasly. So I do feel for him. Speaking of catastrophe, uh, Lando Norris, um, quick mention about him. Um, what a strange crash for mm. him to have had. Uh, I remember us watching and obviously you kind of see it on the TV and whatnot, but you don't fully um, process the same way as you would when you sat at home. It didn't look like that big of a crash, no. but I guess it was such a an instant impact and then he slid for a really long time um, that we're kind of like, oh, that was a kind of a big crash. Obviously he went to hospital, he got checked out and thankfully it seems like he's okay, um, which is obviously the main thing. Um, but yeah, like McLaren, what, yeah, what well, on earth went on this yeah, weekend? Yeah, like Lando, probably the worst race he's had all year really. Um, couldn't really go much worse for him, the fact that he's had the, you know, the poor qualifying uh, and then to just uh, you know, make a, make a mistake. I assume he just uh, lost the car. Bottom the car bottomed, yeah, bottomed out, out apparently, and just made the car move. Yeah, uh, and yeah, it's very rare you see a moment like that where you literally just lose it almost in a straight line. I know it's like a slightly um, like a quick uh, like left hander, wasn't it? But yeah, very glad he's okay after um, what you say. Yeah, looked like a fairly normal incident. Uh, I don't know, it was, quite, it was obviously dramatic, and but he, you know, came up on the radio saying I'm okay and stuff. So I think I was very surprised um, when you know saw the pictures afterwards of him in hospital and stuff. But yeah, glad he's doing good. Definitely. Um, let's now move to our biggest winner, whether it's a driver or a team. Uh, Esteban Ocon uh, is definitely up there. Lance Stroll Lance as well. Stroll. We need to we need to mention him How? because he had a very just Lance Stroll kind of race where he started right at the back and ends up finishing P5 in an Aston Martin that was not functioning well around this track. So I, I actually think that that, that, that could be um, 
I think he's the... almost underrated at being the star of the race. Like, Ocon yeah. obviously had a brilliant, uh, but he kind of, it was kind of noticeable, yeah, but Stroll's kind of gone under the radar Apologies completely. for the uh, audio, by the way. I don't know what they're exactly they're doing logistically, they're doing. but um, if it's, hopefully you can still hear us. Um, we'll pretend that that car's going past. Yeah. 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 Sorry, yes, you were saying. Uh, yes, what, what a performance from Stroll. Completely underrated and something Alonso mentioned in his... Um, in his press conference afterwards, sorry, in the media pen, was like, we're still there with McLaren. It felt like that was over and they've outscored them now in, in both the last two races. So, How big is the gap now, Tommy? That's the question. Oh, the F1 driver standings. Let's go to constructors. It Here we go. It is only... Nine, uh, 11, po- 11 points. 11 points. Yeah, so McLaren it's not, are it's ahead. not completely outrageous. So we've got a couple of storylines going into the final race. Mercedes and Ferrari, four points between them. McLaren and Aston Martin, 11 points between them as well. Nice. And will they decide to bottle it so that they can get extra wind tunnel time? We will have to wait and see. Um, let's now go to... Yeah, so biggest winner. Who are we going to go for? Who, who are you looking at? I in? think Stroll, yeah. Stroll, yeah? Good old Strolly. Ferrari, Thanks. actually. No, Ferrari, because they've really caught up with Mercedes and I didn't think that would be possible. Yeah, I, I think that's... Even with Sainz as well, the fact that he finished... Uh, six, so got points, beat both Mercs. There's I quite think. a few like yeah. winners, uh, a few winners from this race. I think Perez is, Perez is, is a definitely win. yeah, a, a yeah. winner as well for the fact he was fighting for the win. And secured that P2 in the title now as well. Yeah. Um, but let's... Are you going to go with Stroll? I'm going to go with Stroll. Okay, I'm going to lock in Ocon just to be different. Biggest loser, driver or team? Williams, definitely. Yeah. How have ha- they not scored a point? Fifth and sixth on the grid. Fifth and sixth on the grid. Logan Sargent. Enormous straight. So and Albon finished 12th, Sargent finished 16th. Yeah. Now, there was some strategy elements at play. I think Albon himself said that thing, you know, the, the drivers ahead were able to pit, the, the drivers behind. It basically, it all didn't work out for Albon. Um, so he was fighting cars around him with newer tyres, and obviously he made that mistake as well, which let a couple of cars through, and that was pretty much it. The minute that Williams uh, get past, they don't have a chance of getting back. It's more about just trying to keep them at bay with that straight line speed. But my God, I cannot believe they've not scored a single point after a sensational qualifying. Yeah, absolutely outrageous. Okay, let's go to our predictions now that we made on Wednesday. (laughs) Uh, So I was one point ahead going into the penultimate race of the season. Let's see how we get on. So biggest good surprise, I went for Charles Leclerc. Come on. Fair play. Give me that point. Give yeah. me that point. Yeah, Even they didn't win. No, My no. God, what a race. Like, can we just... Two seconds off the lead. That's definitely a good surprise. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I'm just yeah. basking in the glory. I know that he didn't win, but it was just so good to see him back there. You know? it was. We need to have low grip, low temperature tracks at all times. It's a good job Abu Dhabi's cold, isn't it? Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, it was awesome to, to see that happening and... People, um, I just want to see more of that um, because you've mentioned this before that like people don't think I'm a Verstappen fan because I'm not like oh, going not. absolutely crazy and cheering during the races. But it's like he had no competition. Like, believe me, if we were on Twitch for that race, you would have seen the Verstappen fan in me coming out because he's actually like racing people. And I really still, even though he's won so many races, when he was in third, I was like, I want Verstappen to win. You know what that's called? Selfish. <laughs> You've had 17 at that point. Yeah. You now have 18. Give us one. Charlotte has won one race this year. Can you please stop? Yeah. But 
but it was it was uh, awesome to watch. And yeah, Charles was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, he he utilised everything apart from that one small mistake, obviously uh, letting Perez through, and of course at the start as well. But I don't think you can really mark anything else against him. Your biggest good surprise was Daniel Ricciardo, which was one of the not, quietest races yeah, I've ever literally seen. Literally, like it wasn't even bad. Fourteenth, fourteenth. Like, it was just kind of anonymous. He beat Sonoda by four laps, so you could say. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah, maybe. Half a point? No, absolutely not. We need not. to massive this can, title. No, no, no. Stop trying to Michael massive this title. You've got to you've got to have a big week to, to, yeah. to overhaul. So I'm now two points ahead going into biggest flop. Mine was Max Verstappen. No. Which, you know, definitely. The only one wasn't. by two seconds, you could almost claim it. But yeah, damn. Can you imagine that? And then yours? Was Alpine and uh, Gasly bottled a... Didn't score any points from... Yeah. Yeah, why, but you went yeah. for the you went for the team yeah, again. The team. You made it hard for yourself. It. You were so confident, and they went no, yeah. absolutely not, Tommy. Okay, so still two points ahead. Pole position, Charles Leclerc. W. Uh, I went for Carlos Sainz, who of course nearly got pole. Nearly got pole, but then it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been technically pole. Yeah, but I would have got the point. Well, that would have been that would have been interesting. Would we it? need to change that segment to fastest, fastest in qualifying? Because right yeah. now that says pole position and I we have said many times yeah. we say many times that pole position does not equal pole position if it isn't pole position. Um, okay, three points ahead now Tommy. You need to start catching up. Uh, our top three then. In third place I went for Lando Norris. Unfortunately that was not the case. I went for Charles Leclerc who was third on the final lap and then just <laughs> ruined everything. <laughs> Thank you Charles. In second place, I went for Charles Leclerc. Come on! Charles Leclerc did not get the memo that we want a close prediction championship, did he? <laughs> I literally said to you, I was like, I need Charles to get back past for this yeah. point in predictions. And you were like, jog on. Uh, your second place? It was Carlos Sainz. That was never going to happen based on... Could have happened, but it didn't. Yeah, yeah. It um, would have been very interesting, actually, to have seen two Ferraris versus two Red Bulls. 100%. I think that's a whole we different complexion. Yeah, like, I think so that annoying. could have... That could have... Well, it would have helped Charles massively... To just have, Science was quick as well. Yeah, like, just to have another driver very there. Good this weekend, so like it would have been fascinating. Like, I mean, we've we've got greedy. We're like, oh, why why don't we have a four car battle for the lead? But also, it could have happened. Yeah, Stupid yeah. water valves. And finally, P one. I went for Max Verstappen, which we knew was going to be a point one way or another, either flop or the, or the top one. So that's uh, that's two for me on that. And you went for Max Verstappen. Okay, so you got a point. Well done. So that now means I'm four points ahead oh, no. as we go into our crazy predictions. So I went for unusual running of tyres, whether that was, you know, them going for extra laps and whatnot. I could argue this, uh, but I'm not because we're trying to massy it. Um, because there were there was a lot of, uh, they were running in practice, they kept doing laps. I feel like they were even in qualifying at times, doing more than one lap on soft tyres and still improving, um, which does fit into that. However... It wasn't anywhere near as extreme as we were predicting, was it? Or really? Yeah, I think we really measured it. But either or, that was, a, you know, if I lose by a point, I will be coming back to this uh, to try and uh, get it. But yes, I'll go with no points for that. And you went for? I went for a Pirelli tyre controversy, which again, didn't happen. Like we thought, I can't even believe we saw the hard tyres just getting used and, and that was like the optimum... Uh, strategy so yeah it was uh it was annoying that, that didn't didn't come in but still still got a very good race despite not having it and i've just realized that those crazy predictions are from the last race so don't read them out oh <laughs> well do you want to go and source them uh, on your phone or, or i need or... to watch the video again because i literally oh. just read them from twitter well no actually we're going to watch it live right here we go so 
Marion EB says less than 10 cars will finish. That did not happen. That was incorrect. Was chaos, but... And now it's the, the difficult one of trying to find the next one. Alex Albon top five from Molchero. Uh, he that technically should... was in quality. In quali. He was in quality. That's half a point, I think. We'll allow that. And then Haas, wasn't it? It was Haas. It was Hulkenberg. Haas double points. Haas it? double points. Haas yeah. double points. Okay. So, well, basically, we just did that and none of you scored any points apart from maybe a half point for the Alex Albon top five. So, well done for that. Sorry about uh, the fact that we had didn't have it in the sheet. Tommy got naughty. And uh, we will see you very soon. Uh, what is your final thoughts? My final thoughts are, it's been one hell of a week. I am incredibly tired, but it's been awesome and good times. And now my brain's just shutting off because I know that I'm done. Yeah, it's very tiring, eating five-star hospitality. <laughs> yeah, smallest violin in the world. We've had a great time. I uh, hope you've enjoyed uh, us keeping you uh, up to date in our journey and our adventure. Patreon have had little updates uh, when we were doing the Grand Toro, so I hope you enjoyed that as well. And uh, yeah, we will see you very soon for driver ratings. This might even go out before Funniest Tweets. We will have to wait and see because, yeah, we're in Vegas and we're flying home in six hours. But we have to go to the airport in three. Bye! Bye! P1 is a Stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.